How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today we're going to be talking about the three common beliefs of most, the most successful people in the world. So what you're going to learn today, you're going to learn, obviously, what those beliefs are. And you're going to also learn how to start cultivating those beliefs as your own. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from our shows, don't forget to go to Sidlik Book. Dot com and grab a pre-sale copy of our book, Shit You Don't Learn in College. It will be an absolute game changer. Everybody who buys the book during the pre-sale launch will get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs. And if you're interested in buying the, the book in bulk and giving it to friends and family, don't forget to check out our bulk buy program as well. You're going to want to head over to sidlikbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C, book.com, and check it out now. Now let's get into the show. All right. So I've always wanted to figure out what makes people tick and what allows one person to be successful over another. It's been kind of an obsession of mine for uh, a long time, ever since I was a kid. Honestly, since I was told that I was the slow kid. Uh, So a lot of you guys may have heard uh, the story that I was actually the slow kid in second grade. I had a low IQ. I was labeled as slow. I was going to be held back in second grade. And um, you know, as I was labeled the slow kid, I wanted to learn how to become smart. And for anybody who's heard that story, I did. I worked really hard. I, I studied what the smart kids do. Um, and I did what they do. And I became smart. And I passed second grade. I passed third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Uh, by the time that I got to middle school, I was taking math at the high school. By the time I got to high school, I was taking math at the college. By the time I finished with high school, I was done with college calculus and physics. Right now. So I was the slow kid and I wanted to learn to become smart. And I did. But then I became the nerdy kid. So I wanted to learn how to be sociable. And I did by studying what the sociable kids did. I, you know, I, I focused on what the, the, the guys who had a a ton of friends and were sociable and got invited to all the parties. I focused on what they were doing and how they acted and how they thought so that I could learn to be better like them. Right. And I did. Then I was the nine to fiver that wanted to learn how to become a successful entrepreneur. And I did by studying successful entrepreneurs. See, the, the reality is success leaves clues and we can, we can learn how to be successful in any area of our life by studying the people that have done it, seeing what they do, seeing how they think, what the beliefs that they have are, right? Now, one of the things that I always tell people is beliefs, that beliefs are not real, right? They're not, right? And that might be a little bit of a shock to a lot of you guys, but beliefs are not reality. They, they are reality to you, but they are not necessarily real. I want you to think about this. Have you ever had a belief before that turned out not to be true? Of course you have, right? Like 100%. At one point, every single person on the face of the earth believed that the earth was flat, 
that didn't make it any more true, right? Just because everybody believed it did not make it reality, right? Beliefs are not true. Beliefs are stories that we tell ourselves, right? To make us feel better, make us more, more feel more safe, make us happier, more successful, right? I want everybody to, to, to realize that beliefs are just lies. We tell ourselves to, to get ourselves uh, happiness and joy and, and the feeling of success, right? Well, if all these beliefs are lies, then I'm going to actively choose the lies that I tell myself that make me happier, that make me more successful, that allow me to have love and fulfillment in my life, right? So that's right, really the first step that I want everybody to understand is you actually get to choose your beliefs. So as I dig into these beliefs, I want you to understand that you can actively choose the beliefs that you have. Now, uh, over the last few years, I've interviewed and dug deep with hundreds of some of the most successful people in the world. Obviously, part of this is my obsession of wanting to understand the most successful people in the world. And part of it is my own personal selfish desires to become more like those successful people, right? Uh, but not just financial, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I have interviewed, uh, you know, a lot of uh, seven figure, eight, eight figure, nine figure, and even billion dollar business owners, but you know, success, not just financially success in life as well. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've dug in with Grammy winners, Super Bowl champions, Olympians, Hollywood actors, um, you know, and not even just that, but just happy and fulfilled people, great family men, great family women, philanthropists, world changers, right? Some people that fly under the radar, spiritual world changers, people that might fly under the radar, but are absolutely wildly successful uh, in their own rights, in their pursuits, right? And what I found is that the most successful people, they all have, or virtually all have, I never want to say all, but they virtually all have three common beliefs, and they're not all what you think. So, you know, obviously, as I started to have a lot more of these conversations and, and I started to, to find these things out, you know, over the last three years, I've been cultivating these three beliefs constantly in myself. And it's resulted in multiple millions of dollars in my business, uh, the freedom to do what I want when I want, uh, relationships and a marriage that most people would kill for and only dream of, uh, and a deep, deep kind of love and joy and fulfillment in life that I honestly never thought possible. You know, when I, I can honestly tell people that if I died tomorrow, I would literally be okay with that. That's the type of life that I get to live now, thanks to the beliefs that I've cultivated. Now, I'm sure Maddie wouldn't be okay with me dying tomorrow, but but I am I am so centered and, and feel so on purpose and so grounded in my accomplishments and so so fulfilled with what I've already done. That you know, and if I if I were to die tomorrow, I would I would be okay with that, right? Now the real question is, could you say the same? If not, I want you to pay attention because the beliefs that you cultivate will cultivate your reality. So let's go ahead into the let's go ahead and dig into the three uh, the three common beliefs that the most successful people have. Now the first belief um, is not super weird or different, um, but pretty obvious to a lot of us. It's something I call full ownership. Uh, if anybody's ever read the book by Jocko Willink, Extreme Ownership, it's the same idea. So the first belief uh, that the most successful people in the world have is this idea that I am 100% responsible and accountable for everything in my life. I am the owner of my life. Uh, and and you know that's the biggest belief, that you are the creator. You are the author of your story, however you want to call it. There's a million different ways to say it. But the reality is, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. If it's meant to be, it's up to me, right? Now, um, I first really learned this idea of full ownership when I was actually back in Air Force ROTC in college. So I was in Air Force ROTC. I was actually going to be a fighter pilot in the Air Force until I got a DUI, but uh, that's another story for another time. 
Um, so I, when I was at Air Force uh, field training, which is like the Air Force ROTC version of boot camp, uh, you know, we're going through this six week long, long training and we're, uh, you know, we're doing a d- bunch of drills and exercises and they're constantly judging you to rank you. And I ended up graduating field training uh, top of my class. I ended up graduating top gun. But I remember a pivotal moment uh, that I think really, really catapulted me to the top of the class. And it was during um, it was during a uh, exercise where we were learning urban combat training and we were clearing rooms. So we're clearing rooms with something called sim rounds. So we're using uh, basically M4s with these simulated paint rounds. Now, they're, they're normal cartridges, but instead of shooting a real bullet, uh, they shoot these paint rounds at you, but they still sting like a bitch and they'll, they'll tear through your cro- clothing. Um, but uh, uh, so we're going through this exercise and I was actually uh, the commander of the unit at that point. And I was a commander of the squadron, and I remember one of my flight commanders that was directly underneath me uh, basically went rogue during an exercise. And um, you know, we had our mission, and basically he thought that the the mission and the uh, the plan that we had put together well was not up to his liking, and he basically went rogue and did his own thing. Um, now, some might say like this was completely out of my control, right? And, uh, basically, you know, what happened is he went rogue, his flight did some weird thing and ended up, ended up causing a lot of commotion in the entire encampment. Um, and actually ended up getting us in a ton of trouble because they actually did some things that went against cadre rules. Uh, A couple people got really close to getting really severely injured. And this is all during a training exercise. Luckily, nobody got too badly hurt, but what happened is I actually got invited in front of the cadre to, you know, talk about basically debrief what happened during the exercise. Um, and the first thing that happened is our, our squadron commander, um, actually asked me, he said, you know, point blank, he said, Xander, whose fault was this? We didn't say Xander. He said, cadet Fryer, cadet Fryer, whose fault was this? And I thought about it and I remember sitting there in silence and I just wanted to say cadet O'Reilly. Like, that's all I wanted to say. It was like that motherfucker. Just like, why did he do that? Like this whole, like all he had to do was follow the plan. Right. That's all I wanted to say was I just wanted to point the blame on him and Instead, I just said, you know what? Like, it happened under my watch. Like, this is my fault, right? This is my fault. And I remember him looking at me, and he just said, I remember Captain Smith just looking at me, and he just goes, right answer. You can leave, right? And that's all he said. That's all he said. All he was looking for was that I was going to take ownership. Even though deep down I felt like it wasn't my fault, I had to take ownership over the fact that something that happened under my watch, something that happened in my ecosystem was mine to own, right? Jack Canfield, one of my personal mentors, talks about this as 100% ownership. He says that everything that happens in your life, you are responsible for. And some people might not believe that's true. We, you know, There's going to be a lot of things that happen in your life that you feel you are not responsible for. For example, my best friend killing himself. How could I be responsible for that? Well, the reality is I'm not responsible for AJ taking his own life. But I am responsible for how I respond afterwards. I'm responsible for how I move forward. I'm responsible for how I move through the trauma. I'm responsible whether or not I take that and turn into a victim or if I take that and I turn that into fuel to be a victor moving forward. In the end, we are responsible for how we respond to the situations that are in our world. And that is by far the most important piece here when we're talking about full ownership. Now, when people don't do this, when you don't take full responsibility for your life, because of that, most of us end up half-assing everything. And we say, oh, you know, you know, I, I gave it the old college try, or I didn't really try. So you're okay if something doesn't succeed because you say you didn't really go after it. Well, my dad, when I was growing up, uh, actually told me once when we were playing, when I was playing soccer, he said, Xander, never half-ass anything. Always give your full ass. 
Now, this might be some of the best advice I've ever gotten from my dad. Always give your full ass. Never half-ass anything. And it's funny now because my wife will say that that is probably my superpower is I never half-ass anything. I always give it my full ass. If I'm working, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm in the zone and I'm working with my business, I'm 100% in, I'm 100% focused. But as soon as I'm done with the business and I turn off and I'm with Maddie and Aspen, my puppy, I'm with the family. I'm 100% with the family. I'm not split between both. I'm 100% with them. And when I go to the gym, I'm 100% present at the gym and I'm giving it my all, right? And when I'm sleeping, I'm giving it 100%, right? The reality is if because we all half-ass everything, we get a quarter of the result in everything. But if you start to take full ownership and realize that if you put 100% in to everything that you're doing while you're doing it, you know, during the time that you're doing it, you will get better results in every area. And if you stop being the victim, stop blaming others, stop complaining about the situation, and start to own the situation, you can change it. It doesn't matter what hand we were dealt in the past. It doesn't matter where we came from, how we grew up, uh, who our parents were. None of that matters. The reality is there is somebody who is in your shoes, who was in your exact shoes, who decided not to make excuses and achieve their dreams. Now, I want you to think about that. Sure, there's situations that make it a lot tougher for a lot of us, but there's somebody out there who was in your shoes that made the, made the decision that I am not gonna be a victim and they achieved all their goals. So in the end, we can either make excuses or we can get results. We can't have both. So take full ownership of your life. That's number one. Number two is the belief that you are not good enough. Oh, Xander, there we go. That's blasphemy, Xander. How could you say that? This is supposed to be a self-development and an educational podcast, and you're sitting here telling me that I'm not good enough. Yeah, you're right. You are not good enough, right? Every single health, uh, self-help guru out there is you know, spouting, you're good enough. You're, you're perfect the way that you are. Well, the reality is if you were perfect the way that you are, if you were good enough, you would have everything you want in life. Jim Rohn says, if you, want to, if you want to have more, you must become more. Because if you already are more, you would already have that in your life. So the reality is, if you're not getting, if you don't have the relationships you want, if you don't have the, the lifestyle you want, the financial situation you want, the freedom you want, it's because you're not good enough. Oh, damn, that hurts. You're not good enough, but you can become good enough. Does this make sense, right? I want to have a multiple eight-figure business. I want to impact 1% of this world's population to, to change the way that we make decisions, to help more of this world make decisions from a place of purpose rather than fear. The reason I'm not having that impact right now is because I'm not good enough yet. But I will be because I'm going to keep working on it. Now, this, is, this belief is something that's commonly shared through all of the most successful people. It's this understanding that, yeah, I'm not good enough yet but I will become good enough. That's what I want you to take it as because most people take this as I'm not good enough and they're so deeply rooted in the fixed mindset that they believe they can never become good enough. But the reality is we all have the ability to grow. If you haven't read the book Mindsets by Carol Dweck, check it out, The Growth Mindset. Whatever hand you were dealt, you know, whatever it's intelligence or communication skills or sales skills, if you're a three out of 10 on that skill level right now, you can cultivate that skill. You can become a four, you can become a five, you can become a six, a seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Just like I proved when I was a seven-year-old kid and I was the dumb kid. I was the slow kid in class. But by the time that I got to middle school, I was the smartest. It took some time. It took some commitment. 
took some work, but I got there, right? You have to understand that right now you are not good enough, but if you keep working at becoming good enough, you can be. So why is this so difficult for people? Because the reality is to become good enough, we have to go face failure. We have to go try new things. We have to put ourselves out there and we have to fail. And it's the fear of shame or being outcast that really is our deepest fear. So Benjamin Franklin, for those of you guys who don't know Benjamin Franklin, he's commonly referred to as the father of America, right? Benjamin Franklin, Franklin wrote an expose. He was actually one of the, uh, one of the first people to write uh, self-development, self-improvement uh, books, not really books, more of exposés, um, where he actually divulged a lot of these you know, human, humanitarian uh, principles and, and success principles, if you will. And what he found when he, when he exposed this in expose, he said people will avoid shame or social discomfort more than physical comfort and sometimes even death. People will avoid physical, or sorry, avoid emotional discomfort, social discomfort, and avoid shame over physical discomfort and sometimes even death. I want you to think about why that is. Now, logically, it doesn't make sense, but evolutionarily, it does make sense because shame and death as evolutionary man are actually closely related, right? Now, if you're evolutionary man, we survived by being in tight-knit communities that all got along and took care of each other, right? The, the men would go hunt, the women would gather, they'd take care of the kids, and, and blah, 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 blah. This whole ecosystem worked really well, and that's what allowed us to evolve and grow as a human race, right? But what would happen if you were outcast? Well, if you were outcast, you would most likely be left to fend for yourself and probably die. So shame or social outcasting or social discomfort is actually incredibly closely related to us emotionally to the feeling of dying, right? So this is why so many people are so afraid to put themselves out there and be criticized or judged or ostracized. So the reality is we all know that to get better at something, we have to put ourselves out there and fail. But our big worry is if we fail, someone will see us failing and then we will be outcast. So this is why so many people don't do it. But what I want you to realize is the purpose of living a conscious life is to grow. The purpose of living a conscious life is to grow. And we have to learn how to, frankly, not give a fuck about what other people think because we're not going to die if we get socially ostracized or criticized. In fact, any, any entrepreneur that you talk to will tell you that during the beginnings of their career, Everybody is socially ostracizing you and criticizing you. They're all saying, what the hell is Xander doing? Who does he think he is? Well, now, three, four, five years later, they go, how the hell did Xander do that? Damn, right? But it took facing a lot of criticism, a lot of judgment, a lot of failure, a lot of shame to keep putting myself out there and failing. And you have to do the same if you want to continue to grow. So admitting you're not good enough and focusing on it is going to be how you actually get there. If you focus on growth and don't give up, there's only one outcome. I want you to think about that. If you focus every single day, rather than focusing on getting it right, if every single day you focused on growing and getting better and you committed to not giving up, whatever your goal was, there's only one outcome, success, right? Now, the timeline might be questionable because it might take you longer to learn than somebody else, but if you focus on growing every single day and you don't give up, eventually, there's only one outcome, success. So that's belief number two. Every successful person understands that right now, who they are right now is not good enough and they have to work at becoming better, which brings us to the third belief that all successful com people share in common, and that's that they have faith. Now, faith is a taboo topic 
because it's closely tied to religious dogma for a lot of people. The term faith is very closely tied to religious dogma, and religious dogma has caused, well, its fair share of problems throughout history. Let's just say that. Now, look, I'm not religious, but I can have faith. Now, maybe it's because I watched too many Disney movies growing up, and you know, I always believe that good wins over evil. I believe that tough times lead to growth and eventually better days, right? But the reality is I have faith. I have faith that my story today, my struggle today will be my story tomorrow and my success tomorrow. See, when I first quit my nine to five job, I quit my nine to five job and I had all the doubts in the world. I had all the doubts and all the fears about becoming a successful entrepreneur. I only had a couple of months, three months worth of living expenses saved up, which I ran through pretty quickly and put myself into a bunch of debt trying to get my business up and running. But the one thing that I knew, I knew that if I focused on growing every day and I didn't give up and I was pretty sure this wasn't going to kill me, you know, I was like 95% sure that it wasn't going to kill me, Right. So if I wasn't going to give up, it wasn't going to kill me, and I focused on growth every day, eventually I get there. So what I did when I first quit my job is I actually filmed video, like 90s-style video confessions on like a weekly basis uh, for about the first, uh, I think, five months of me building my business. And it's so entertaining to watch these videos, and I actually keep them in, uh, I keep them in our training programs for our clients to see because so many of them are just starting their coaching business. And, you know, they see Xander on this you know, pedestal now with, you know, the success and this team and you know, all the money, but they didn't see what I had to go through in the very beginning. So I wanted to record these video confessions so that my clients could actually see what it was like when I went through hell, that I went through the exact same things that they all go through. I went down into the deep, dark pit of despair. I went, I, I had all the doubts, all the fears. I, 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 I wanted to quit every single day. And I'm not just saying this now. I literally filmed myself saying this stuff, right? And there's videos of me at three in the morning, five in the morning, bawling my eyes out because I was out of money and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was scared shitless. And, you know, I'm just admitting all these things to a, to, you know, a little video confession, right? Now, the reality is, I, like, I was terrified. But the reason that I filmed those video confessions was because I had faith that no matter how bad it got, no matter how dark it got, eventually I'd have to come out the other side. I'd watched too many Disney movies for it not to work, right? I had to go through that hero's journey and come out the other side to be the hero, right? Now, the most successful people in the world have faith to take the leap, and they know that it will work because that faith has been proven over and over again. Every time they take the leap, it gets reproven. I asked 100 successful entrepreneurs uh, how many of them had some form of faith. And can you guess how many of them said that they believe they, they had faith in something, whether it's, whether it's God or a higher power or uh, Mother Earth or Universe Juice or they watch too many Disney movies, whatever it might be. Do you know what percent of the 100? It was 99. It was all but one person. And that one person was a little bit of a sociopath. So uh, we're going we're gonna to just ignore that one person, right? Um, but here's the deal. Entrepreneurship is illogical. Going out and doing something different is illogical. If you want logical, if you want safe, you have to be able to settle for a mediocre life that isn't fulfilling, right? Illogical is what you have to do to have fulfillment. Illogical is what you have to do if you want to be different. If you think about the word success, what does success mean? Success means having what others don't, doing what others don't, to build a life that others don't. You are an outlier if you want to be successful. And in order to do that, you have to go against common logic. And you gotta get comfy with your own mortality. 
right? The reality is one of the biggest things that I found to help you build faith is to realize that one day you're going to die. Now, we all know that we're going to die, right? Like, we all know that at some point we're going to die. But the reality is we haven't all really, really thought about it, really meditated on the idea that at some point we're going to die, right? In, uh, in the book Tuesdays with Maury, which is a, a great uh, recount of a reporter uh, interviewing a, a close friend and mentor of his on his dying deathbed as he's going through the final stages of ALS uh, over the course of about six months. Um, and he's interviewing Maury, and Maury used to be a uh, psychology professor. And he's just recounting all these, these beautiful thoughts and ideas about life. And one of the things he talks about, he says, you know, if we all just made more decisions with the idea that we're going to die one day, we'd probably be a lot happier. And what he was saying was, you know, we all know that we're going to die, but we don't really allow ourselves to believe it, right? And if you get real on the fact that someday you will no longer be here, and then Every year that goes by, that day's getting closer and closer. Think about it. How quickly did this last year go by compared to the year before? It went by pretty fast, didn't it? And the next year is going to go by faster. And the next one's going to go by faster. Before you know it, you're going to be reaching that end point in your life. And you're going to be wondering, shit, what the hell just happened? So if you don't get real on the fact that one day you're going to die, and the only resource that we have on this planet that we can never get back is our time. So wouldn't you want to spend more of your time doing the things that matter? having a little bit of faith, taking a little bit of risk, going for a little bit more? I would. So those are the three beliefs that we have to work on cultivating if we want to be more successful. So now you're asking me, how? How do we cultivate these beliefs? Well, it's pretty simple. There's a lot of stuff that you can do to actually cultivate beliefs, which I run through in the book, Shit You Don't Learn in College. Uh, so if you want to dig deep on there, you can check it out. But the easiest thing, the easiest thing that you can do right now is to start to make decisions to support those beliefs and those beliefs will become real beliefs. Everybody thinks you have to have the belief first to start to take the actions, but the reality is you can make a decision and pretend. You can pretend to have this belief, and it will start to become reality. Act like it's true. I, I, give, you, I, I give you a challenge. Act like you are 100% responsible for everything in your life for the next 30 days. See what happens to your life. Act like you're not good enough, but you can be if you work on it every single day and you have to be willing to put yourself out there and fail and look foolish and be judged and criticized and ostracized. See what happens. See what happens if you act like you're not good enough, but you're willing to put yourself out there and grow every single day. And act like you have faith that this is all gonna be part of your story and when you get through the crap, when you get through the struggle on the other side, it's gonna be an amazing story for other people to want to read and watch and listen to. Now, that's all we have for today's show. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure you implement what you learned with us today. And for all our Sidlik fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to sidlikbook.com and grab your pre-order copy of Shit You Don't Learn in College. It is officially open, and we will be putting those out. Uh, we'll be sending those out later in October. But as you sign up for the pre-sale launch, we will be giving away over $3,000 in bonus trainings. These are only going to be available in the pre-sale launch. So you'll want to head over to sidlickbook.com to check it out now. And I'll see you on the other side. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.